McGinn early through, and Jack Grealish is there and scores. It's a disastrous start for Fulham. A goal down inside four minutes, and Jack Grealish has his first Premier League goal of the season. Uh, Jack, Jack, quick moment of your time, please. How does it feel to finally discover the Villa Talks podcast? Um, best day of my life. Great, there you have it. Back to you at the studio. Hello, yes, welcome to another episode of the Villa Talks podcast. Another episode, another win. Six points for six. What a start to the season, Chadzi. Great start. What a fantastic start to the season. Life's so much better, isn't it, after uh, three points for the Villa. Um, perfect start, really, to the season for us to win back-to-back games. Two clean sheets. First away win. Um, first away win since New Year's Day. First time we've won back-to-back Premier League games since... Uh, 1999 to start the season and first win at Fulham since 2010 so there's lots to improve on which I'm sure we'll come on to but what starts the season for the Villa Jugsy, happy with that? Performance and result? Yeah I'm buzzing mate, um, yeah really good performance uh, I think the first half we took our chance as well and then second half, I don't think we really got out of second or third gear, um, I thought Fulham were, were decent but we didn't really look in that much trouble and uh, on another day, we could have got some more goals. But yeah, really pleased overall. And I thought that the lads put in a massive shift in, uh, which is what we can ask of them. Yeah, I mean, Fulham, a uh, bit of a bogey side, really. I think I was there last time we beat them. And uh, I think Gabby got a brace uh, back in 2010. Today was a real professional performance. I thought, again, another, another to add to the list of professional performances after Sheffield United and, and Bristol City and Burton Albion. We looked pretty comfortable, I thought. Um, and you know, and another day could have been could have been four or five nil maybe even. Um, so you know, really really good performance, really good result, and a great start. You know, I can't remember I can't remember how long it took us to get two wins last year, but to have two wins off the bat straight away, and to get another clean sheet as well, albeit you know maybe a little bit fortuitous with the uh, blunder by Martinez and the disallowed goal. We can we can come on to that in a second, but overall really really happy. Chadzi, who stood out for you today, do you think? Uh, not just one player, but a few players who stood out for you? Yeah, I think I think McGinn, obviously, is looking like he's getting somewhere close to uh, the player we had at the start of the last season in, and in the promotion season. He looks sharper and obviously with two assists tonight, he's uh, starting to starting to have a bit of an output as well in terms of um, stats that lead to goals. Uh, I thought Matty Cash had another really solid game. He really looks at home in the Premier League. He's lively, he gets stuck in, he loves the challenge and I think he's going to be brilliant for us this season. Um, I think that Trez always guaranteed works his socks off and I think a few people are perhaps expecting Traore to make his debut today after his performance in the week. But when you're away at Fulham and they're going to have a lot of the ball, Trezeguet was the perfect man to uh, start the press and... He just works his knackers off for the team. And yeah, he, we, we criticised him a bit a couple of weeks ago and he's not got the most quality on the ball, but I think he's got his rightful place in the squad and uh, Smith seems to like him, so he's good enough for me. Um, and I thought Ollie Watkins, again, worked hard, got in the right areas, but just seems to be trying a little bit too hard. That that goal will come, I'm sure. But um, another positive night. You mentioned McGinn there. I thought, for me, who was man of the match, I thought... And, uh, you know, we were slightly critical of him last game against Sheffield United. But in hindsight, I think I mentioned in the last episode, 
you know, we may have been a little bit harsh or I may have been a little bit harsh on him because that game against Sheffield United didn't really suit his style. And Joe, it's something you've mentioned about McGinn before is his, his hustle and bustle style. Uh, do you think this game was, was you know, we, we didn't have much of the ball, but we had plenty of opportunities and spaces to run in the, in the, on the counter. Do you think this game suited him much more? Yeah, for sure. I think, uh, yeah, last game against Sheffield, he probably wasn't at his best and he isn't when there's obviously two banks of four and we're trying to break a team down. Um, McGinn is that sort of counter-attack standard type of player where he will uh, like to get on the half turn and, and spin a player, uh, make something happen out of nothing. And I think he was excellent in that first half. The pass to Grealish just showed he has got that quality as well. I think sometimes we just miss, obviously since he's come back from injury, um, we don't realise and we've probably haven't got the quality he has on the ball. Um, so that through ball to Jack for the first goal was was fantastic. And obviously having the uh, awareness to lay it off for Horan, whether he meant to or not, I'm not sure. But yeah, again, that, that was quality. Um, for me, I think in terms of who else stood out, um, agree with, with Chadzi in terms of Trez. I thought his work rate was fantastic. He just looks a lot more fitter and sharper. He, he could have last, I think he got taken off, off uh, with 15 minutes to go, but he seems sort of fitter than he did last season where he'd be blowing after sort of 50 or 60 minutes. So that was impressive. Um, I thought we've got to give a, a little shout out to Conor Hurahan. Um, yeah, got his goal, deserved that. Um, played pretty well, I thought. Um, it, was, it was the right game to play him, for sure, with the with Fulham obviously having less quality um, and less sort of physical presence in midfield. Um, so yeah, he, he did well in the first half and a lot of people were sort of wanting Ramsey to come in for Huran. So uh, I'm glad Smith kept the same team because you shouldn't really change a winning team, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, Harahan is just Mr. Output, isn't he? I mean, I didn't notice him too much in the game. I thought, you know, he did his job, what he was supposed to do uh, as that sort of third man in midfield. But he just, especially against opposition like Fulham and, and those types of teams down near the bottom, you know, he just produces all the time and he gets assists, he gets goals and he's always in the right place and you know, you got to you got to give you you got to tip your hat to him. You know, he's uh, he's a vital part of our squad, definitely. I think, and you know, hopefully he'll we'll see many more assists and goals this uh, this season. I think he's unlucky tonight to be the one that makes way for Ramsey. I think Dougie Louise was really really poor tonight. He had one of his worst games since uh, definitely since the restart last season. He he was sloppy, gave the ball away a lot, and yeah, he did tidy up here and there. But that's not his best night in a Villa shirt, and I was. I was expecting when I saw Ramsey getting warm that Connor was going to drop maybe into the holding role and it would be Dougie. But um, I think he, I always, I always look at to see how he reacts to his substitutions. He never likes it. And I think he is, he does feel like he's hard done by. But um, you know, we, we got the result at the end of the day, and uh, I'm sure if he plays 75 minutes every week and has uh, a goal and an assist, they'll be happy with that. Yeah, no, I think, I mean, yeah, Doug, I think Dougie Louise wasn't at his best today and there was a potential stamp there as well that was, wasn't was swatted, so we'll see what happens with that. But I think, I, I mean, I, I get, I probably get why Smith kept him on. I think Douglas Louise is really disciplined and a bit more physical compared to Harahan in that sort of defensive midfield position. And, and yes, he wasn't at his best, but he still offers that regardless of his loose passing. Um, so I, I sort of get it, but I, I know what you mean. I think Harahan always seems to be the one to make way. Uh, for us, but it was great to see Ramsey come on, and I thought he—I mean, he didn't didn't play too too much, didn't get involved too much. But what he did do, he, he seemed to do well, and and was pretty confident, and wasn't flustered at all, was he? No, no, he did. Yeah, he did look good and comfortable in possession. And what uh, Smith did was actually get uh, Ramsey to sit aside, uh, sit next to uh, Dougie Louise in midfield. 
Um, so he played a bit more of a defensive role than he had been in the, in the cup games. Um, so again, just shows he's a bit adaptable, uh, which is promising. And uh, Grealish was given a bit more of a, a free license to, to stay up there with, with Ollie Watkins. Um, Grealish, I don't think, offered too much defensively uh, throughout the game, I thought. I thought Target was uh, suspect defensively, but wasn't really helped uh, with Grealish's work rate. And uh, yeah, I think, yeah, that's one area I think in the first two games, I'd say Target has probably been a bit of the weak link. I just feel he loses a lot of the individual battles and he's not as athletic um, as the rest of the team, I'd say. Um, so it's one area I think that's been my only negative. And that's pretty harsh considering we haven't conceded a goal, but it's, it's the one area I think other teams will look at and think we can, we can get at them. I think it was a bit of a tactic by Smith, to be honest. And, and I agree. I, I was saying the same. I was saying to Chelsea earlier, I think, we let far too many crosses in, uh, and we we weren't really doubling up on the on the wingers or their fullbacks. But I I think it might have even been a tactic because it seemed to me like Grealish was sort of told to to stay high up the pitch, and he did. I mean, Grealish did work back even in the 90th minute. He was running back, but at the same time, I think he was trying to be the spare man to to get the counter. And we thought maybe actually, you know, Mitrovic is is excellent in the air, and he was obviously on Konza to to try and take advantage of that rather than be on Mings, who's probably better than Conder in the air. But we seem to uh, sort of, uh, you know, take take that on board and, and sort of let, let Mitrovic sort of uh, win things in the air, but have three people at the back. So Cash would double up with Konza or Mings would double up with Konza um, to sort of make it hard for Mitrovic. And Mitrovic had, I think, seven or eight attempts on on, tar- on, on the goal uh, in, from the area. But none of them seemed that, that clear-cut to me. They, they seem to block the angles and make it quite difficult for him to, to get ahead on target. Yes, yeah, it's, it's job done when defensively when you get the clean sheet. But I did feel at times tonight we were riding our luck a bit with Mitrovic because he's a he's a brilliant target man. He's strong, and it would have only taken one of those sort of half chances to go in or or sort of deflect in and maybe bounce down to a, a supporting player. I, I did feel like we were offering the offering them the chance to get the ball in the box all too often with him being so good in the air. But you know, Mings and Concert at the end of the day did keep the clean sheet. They did deal with it, so. It's probably a bit too critical, but I have noticed um, definitely towards the second half of last season that we do deliberately defend narrow, don't we? The full-backs, they really tuck in into, into the sort of 18-yard area and let their wingers get crosses in. And I suppose if you've got Mings and Konsa that are confident enough to deal with that threat, then I'd much rather um, allow crosses in the box than... Tom Kearney's goal in the playoff final where we're too wide and they're just slipping in behind the back four. So, lesson learned, perhaps. Yeah, I think, you know, maybe that's Smith learning, uh, you know, before COVID and, and that, that break during lockdown where we were, you know, he gave him a bit of time to, to look at, you know, what went wrong and how we can improve. And I think that's probably one result, that's a result of that. You know, we've, we've tightened up at the back and defending a bit more narrowly Maybe may a result of that, and and you know it's it's obviously improved us defensively because we've hardly conceded many shots on target. I mean, the, I think I can only remember apart from the goal that was disallowed. I think Joe Bryan's shot, which Martinez tipped onto the bar. I can't remember too much else that that was on target. No, just just coming back to Grealish and uh, playing on the counter. How how do you lads think Grealish will feel tonight? Obviously, buzzing three 0 win, but yeah, I feel like he's left the hat trick out there tonight and. Definitely. Smith yeah. Smith Smith says he's obsessed by stats and he, he'll want to he'll want to get some big numbers this season and I, I just feel like we were pretty sloppy and wasteful in the end. Yeah, I'd say not just Fulham uh, against Sheffield United as well, where Grealish got into a couple of great positions in the box, 
where you're thinking with his quality, he's got to finish the, the chance off or, or make the right pass. And in the first half, he did the job. Obviously, he took his chance very well, slotted that home, and then obviously great finish. Run. Yeah, great finish. And obviously, with the pre-assist for the uh, McGinn sort of set off to Hurahan, and um, that was obviously Grealish's quick throw in uh, and run into the box. But I just feel a couple of times where he got into good areas, he just didn't have that killer pass or, or, or took his chance of thought quick enough about what he was going to do. Um, so that was that hesitation in Grealish's play. And I think, obviously, we got away with it, but in future games, I think that will come. And I think one thing we need to remember is Grealish does need a few games to get going. He did say that last season where he didn't start off great last season. And obviously, when we came back from lockdown either, it took him a few games to get going. So I think it's a case where... Um, We've got high expectations. I mean, any time he graces the pitch, we he just looks a different class compared yeah. to us, our team, and, and the opposition. He's a brilliant player, isn't he? And again, he's proven proven that again tonight. So it's not really criticism. It's I'm just genuinely fascinated to know if he'll go away from the game tonight, knowing his character, being a, slightly a bit disappointed, perhaps. But it's only a small point, and um, I'm sure the numbers will come from this season. Yeah, and I think I mean that's probably what excites me the most is the fact that. We've won three in a, away against Fulham, and we've looked fairly comfortable. Yet we're all we all know we can be we can play better. We all know that Jack Grealish scored a good goal, but it, he could have had more. And he's probably for him it was probably a six out of ten performance. I would say. And it's not easy when you've got that absolute clown of Doyle all over you again for the whole ninety minutes. How he stayed on the pitch, I do not know. And then Kamara comes off the bench and. Is exactly the same. It's, it's actually embarrassing. It's really embarrassing that those lads will go to bed tonight knowing that basically every time Jack got the ball, they were just deliberately trying to foul him. He had a yellow card and then he took Jack out off the ball yeah. second half, didn't he? And I was really surprised he didn't get another yellow, but I think the ref was uh, maybe took a bit of pity on Fulham because uh, they were losing three. Yeah, it took him about eight fouls to get that first yellow, by the way. Yeah. And the ref was pretty trigger happy with the yellow cards as well. So a bit frustrating, but that's the common theme these days. I mean, Grealish is getting man marked a lot of the games and can, can get frustrating. But again, he, he did he did the job when it, when he needed to with his chance. And uh, I think the goals and assists will come in the coming games. And it's, yeah, really positive. I mean, Watkins didn't score today. And his performance was excellent. I mean, he just gives us a, a different dynamic up front. Um, he, he's everything you need from from a sort of target man up front because he runs the channels, he can hold the ball up. I mean, that layoff to Grealish for the uh, Hurahan goal, that was obviously Watkins' awareness then. So it shows he can play a bit. And uh, I don't know, he gave the defenders a, a working over, I thought. Uh, Fulham are probably not the most physical side with the Riemann and Adoy, but they really struggled against Watkins. And... Uh, that goal will come for him and the rest of the play, if he plays like that, then he's, he's worth the money that we spent on him, I think. I feel like we look like a Premier League team. You know, it, we, we look at home in the league at last. last. There was a time last season where we looked out of our depth, we looked like we were hanging on, we looked like we were scratching around for results and I really do feel now, okay, the fixture list has been kind, Sheffield United and, and Fulham, Sheffield United had a man sent off, different game if they, if perhaps John Egan stays on the pitch and Fulham are probably the worst team in the league, but I'm still really confident, really happy with how we're shaping up and I'm sure Smith will be as well. We look like we're at home at last and I think this is exciting time for Villa fans. What do you, uh, what do you make of the number of goals in the Premier League? I mean, us scoring three goals didn't happen too often last year, but no. you know, we could have had plenty more today, I thought. And uh, it's weird that the league this year, there's so many goals in the league. Uh, I mean, looking at Liverpool-Arsenal now, it's 2-1 already within 35 minutes. 
um, it's, it's pretty crazy. Yeah, I think it's uh, a bit down to fitness. Um, obviously, there wasn't a proper pre-season. So a lot of signings have come in, probably not much fit. Um, also, I think managers probably haven't worked on their defensive shape as much, given how short of a time they've had uh, to prepare for the new season. So it's a, a number of factors. And I thought without a crowd, the tempo would be sort of, sort of slower pace, but it's been end-to-end, I think, the, since the restart, which is, yeah, which is promising. Yeah, and I think te- I think without the pressure of the fans, teams are happy to play a bit more. Players are taking a few more risks where perhaps they would have been worried about the old sigh and the moan and groan if they got something wrong. Players seem to be just taking a bit more risk personally and uh, we're getting, getting more goals because of it. And I think you're right, Jugsy, with the fitness. I think fitness, that one of the main things that come from fitness in elite sport is concentration and being able to do it for 90 minutes. And defensively, even you watched the City game yesterday, they're just not switched on. They're, they're too tired to tra- track runs of Vardy. And I think that's going to be the case for a couple of months still whilst whilst teams find their match fitness. And to be fair, it's great to watch, isn't it? Your point about fans, Chazzy, um, do you think that will help Villa at home? Do you think? Because obviously there's been points in the last few years, probably not so much last season, but the last few years where the home crowd hasn't been a help really for, for Villa at a point in time and, and the players have played and haven't been able to handle the pressure of playing at yeah. and Do you think that will help Villa in, in this kind of situation or do you think the team that we've got is pretty resilient and it would have been, we would have been better with a with the crowd behind us? It's a bit of both, mate. I think the, the crowd's been superb at times. Obviously, last season, the 12th man, some of the atmospheres at Villa Park last year in, in the promotion season were... It's absolutely superb, but yeah, I know what you mean. Sometimes at Villa Park, if if things aren't going well, they can turn a bit. And you know, trying to play out the back from Martinez, you get the old hoof it, get rid of it, get rid of it. Oh, why have you done that when when the other team get the ball? So, but I think games like Liverpool this Saturday, um, Sunday night, it is, isn't it? Sorry, we could do with a full full Villa Park, a, a roaring whole ten. We got a much better chance with a full stadium. But then I think if you play Fulham at home, probably not. So it's, I think it depends on the fixture, mate. Yeah, and that's a good point. I think, you know, Sheffield United is a case in point. I think, you know, we, we were pretty patient that game. I thought, you know, we didn't panic too much, albeit, you know, we didn't look like we were going to score uh, for most of that game. And obviously, Kane got a goal in a set of piece. I think if that was a normal game, home game, I think there would have been a lot of moaning and groaning potentially, and uh, it could have affected the players. So that probably helped us in the end. And uh, yeah, I think you're right. Against the bigger teams, you know, a home crowd definitely helps because the, the crowd always gets up for it. So yeah, I'd, I'd agree with that. And uh, be interesting to see how the game against Liverpool goes on Sunday. And we'll, we'll obviously be reviewing that near the time, um, uh, probably on Sunday, uh, probably on Saturday at some point. But overall, you know, a great performance. Uh, you know, and still, still plenty of areas that we can improve, which is just fantastic to say. The fact that we've beaten Fulham three nil. And, you know, it was probably a seven, seven and a half out of ten performance or maybe even maybe slightly less for some players. Uh, and, you know, we can get better. We can definitely get better. And Traore came on, little cameo, you know, put a good ball in uh, to Watkins who tried to cushion it back across to, to McGinn and didn't quite reach McGinn. Um, and, you know, he's still yet to come in and maybe another couple of more signings as well to uh, add to the depth. Uh, but it's, it's pleasing to see, uh, you know, players come off the bench and, and do well as well, which we didn't see too often last year. Yeah, I agree. I mean, there is a bit more depth now as we look at the bench. I mean, we had Davis who didn't even come on, and he's been uh, probably our best player in the in the in the cup run, cup run so far. So yeah, it was pretty promising. And 
I think there's more more to come to f- from this side for sure. I think Cash especially. I mean, he's been great defensively, really tenacious and um, done a great job for us. But again, I think he's got a lot to offer going forward as well. So I'd be excited to see how that how he goes gets on in in, in the coming games in the season. And uh, yeah, I think. Watkins is building that sort of understanding with Grealish and I think them two will build, will build a good relationship and uh, yeah I think Watkins will thrive uh, from the service from from Jack and Co so yeah really exciting times and uh, yeah as I've said uh, on the last podcast I wanted sort of a, a boring mundane season where we're not threatened with relegation and obviously probably won't be fighting for any European spaces but yeah pretty pleased with how things are going. Yeah, no, I think a good point about Cash. Uh, you know, I was really pleased to see his performance today. I thought he was excellent today. And, and you know, the, the times he did get forward, you know, he put in some excellent crosses. I was thinking of that one to Jack at the back post, which was, you know, which was a really good cross. Uh, and again, going back to Chadzi's earlier point about concentration, Fulham just completely switched off and let him run across and they didn't even track the man. But overall, yeah, really good performance. Uh, and, you know, things are only better. And, 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 and on Cash and Martinez, I know Martinez made a slight blunder. Uh, for the disallowed goal, but you know, I do think Mings sort of—he thought Mings was going to head it away, and it and it sort of caught him off guard. But it just shows you how much Smith and, and Co know about this team, and how much we should trust their judgment. Because in my opinion, the start of the window, I would never have thought that a goalkeeper and and right back would be priority, and they were pretty much our first two signings, I think. And you know, we spent big money on them, and you can instantly see the improvement they have over the likes of Gilbert. And obviously, goalkeepers, it's more obvious to see because Heaton was injured for large parts of last season and, and the people that came in, the keepers that came in, weren't up to standard. But I think it just it adds to the team, doesn't it, uh, Matty Cash, definitely. Yeah, definitely. And the goalkeeper as well. I think it was massive tonight that that goal was ruled out so he hasn't got a blunder against his name and it's another clean sheet. Just the confidence builds and builds to have two clean sheets from two. Save the penalty last week that looks... Looks really calm and reassuring for the rest of the back four. I think Mings was massively at fault for that, to be honest. I don't know what he's trying to do, trying to get his head on that when it's going straight down his throat. Um, a fairly easy catch that would have been for the keeper. I, I, I remember um, Gary Neville talking about Peter Schmeichel saying that he hated it when players tried to block shots or flick it on or get their header in the way. He'd rather just see the ball all the way into his hands. So uh, maybe again, I'm being a, a little bit too harsh, but I think Ming's just got to let him let him come and catch that, hasn't he? Yeah, yeah, maybe. I think uh, it's one of those, isn't it? I think you probably do on instinct more than anything else. But yeah. I thought Condor, Condor and Ming's overall were both fantastic. Condor especially just keeps growing and growing with his performances. And those goals they're chipping in with as well. So important to be chipping in with goals for for Ming's to get on the score sheet tonight. Conza last week. That just. It's so important for, for the strikers and, and players like Jack to have a little bit of pressure taken off them and people to chip in and it all adds up at the end of the season and um, that that's really what we need. Yeah, you know, we didn't get too much of too much of that last year in terms of set-piece goals. Uh, we started to get better towards the end of the season but it's great to see we're doing that straight away this season. Obviously, something they've worked on. Do you, do you, I mean, do you think uh, one point that... Uh, Listeners made uh, on the comment on our Twitter page was that Craig Shakespeare's ha- must have had a massive impact on us already uh, because we look much more assured and better uh, on set pieces and, and the organisation of our team as well. Do you think he's had an impact, and, and how do you think he's had an impact? Yeah, I think um, I think since we've come back for the new season, it's, it's hard to judge because obviously Sheffield United were down to ten men, so I'm not going to judge too much on that performance. But we did look solid defensively and again today we looked well organised but it just felt like we were a bit more adaptable if that makes sense 
um, especially today, uh, with obviously Grealish making that run for the first goal. I mean, he wasn't just hanging out on the left wing like like the Sheffield United game or like he would do for last season. He was trying to get in, in, into sort of attacking areas and, and sort of doubling up uh, on the right wing or, or in the central position. So again, just shows that we're trying to be a bit more versatile in, in our attack and how we go forward. But I think defensively, I mean, Mon- uh, Conta and Mings have, have developed a great understanding and a great, they're a set, great centre-back pairing because they complement each other so well. And um, I've, I feel, obviously, we're just better drilled as a team. And I think that was on the back of last season, but obviously Shakespeare's come in as well and probably improved things. Um, so, yeah, I think he hasn't had an impact and it'd, it'd be... I think better to judge in, in the coming games, especially when we face a bit of quality on Sunday against Liverpool. All oh, fair points, and it'd be interesting to see how we set up against Liverpool. I expect us to be much more uh, resolute uh, against the big teams this season uh, at the back, and uh, it'd be interesting to see if we can get more points than we picked up last year against those bigger teams. Yeah, I think it was um, quite a good performance at Anfield, wasn't it? After the restart, um, we had quite a few chances on the break in the first half. We looked pretty solid, and okay, they eventually broke us down, but. I think they'll take some heart from that performance last season at Anfield. And to be honest, I know you'll cover it um, later in the week in the match preview, but um, I'm, I'm really confident going into Sunday. That's good to hear. No, and, and you know, not often that last year we would have said that, how confident we are. And it just looks like a different team, so much more assured. And it's weird being comfortable about a Villa performance and watching Villa. Normally you're on the edge of your seats, you're worried, you're nervous, you're thinking, where is it going to go wrong? But same with the Bristol City game, and we'll touch on the Stoke City game in a second. But this game as well, I just felt much more comfortable about the whole performance. I just, I just knew we were going to do it. I don't know what it was. I just, as soon as we started the first five minutes, I thought, yeah, you know, we've got this. This is, this is a win coming. I just felt that the players were up for it. Yeah, I was on the edge of my seat, mate, because I needed seven corners, more than seven corners in the match. So, uh, 93rd minute when Matty Cash sliced one out, I was celebrating like it was a fourth goal. (laughs) What'd you win? Um, It was a bet builder, so I had Villa to win, Grealish to score, loads of yellow cards and loads of corners, and it came in. Good, good. We can use the winnings for uh, maybe some Villa Talks uh, t-shirts. get a new new microphone or something. Yeah, we need that, to be honest. It's coming, honestly, listeners, it's coming. All the quality will get better. Um, just quickly, before we go to the comments, there's quite a few comments on, on Twitter that we'll go to and it'd be good to hear what fans' views are. Uh, quick look at Thursday's game uh, against Stoke. I think it's Thursday, isn't it? Uh, the League Cup game. Do you, I mean, I expect a lot of changes to uh, to take place uh, and probably a similar team to last last game, would you say, Gibbsy? Yeah, again, I'll go for yeah same team. Uh, get Traore some minutes, get him to start again. Um, so get yeah, if you can get a full ninety minutes under his belt, that will help. Um, and yeah, interesting to see Keenan get some minutes again. He's been pretty good since coming back uh, this season. So if you can get on the score sheet this time round, he was pretty unlucky against Bristol City. I think that would be good, give him some confidence. And uh, yeah, again, um, I mean, I think centre backs is probably the one area where um, there's not too much depth at the minute with Engels being out. So it'd be interesting to see how, how uh, Courtney House gets on with Almo sort of covering in, in centre back. There has been sort of a link with a, a Danish uh, centre back, Victor Nelson. Um, so I know Smith mentioned that we're probably only looking to get one or two players max. So I'm not sure what the plan is for the rest of the window. But again, centre back is is the one area where I think if we do get an injury, we do look a bit vulnerable. So yeah, I think if we can get some more confidence and uh, give, give the uh, yeah, the subs, uh, some minutes, uh, yeah, all positive for the next league match. 
Sounds good. Yeah, that no, sounds good. And Chadzi, just quickly, one player that's done well in the, the League Cup so far, Ramsey, again came on today. Do you see him being part of the squad going forward for this season? Or do you, do you see him getting, maybe going out loan and assigning another midfielder? Or do you think he can add that depth that we need in midfield? I doubt he'll go out on loan. Um, I suppose it depends on if we get another midfielder in. I, I know Loftus-Cheek has been linked heavily in the last couple of days, hasn't he? So, But, you know, we definitely need a bit more depth. So I th- we, We've talked about needing another, another midfielder to come in and add competition for places. So we definitely do need that. But if we're going to loan a Chelsea player in and develop a Chelsea player, I'd rather develop our own player, to be honest. I think, for me, we either, we either go out and spend 20, 25 million on someone that's going to really improve the starting eleven, or we back our, our academy and our young lads. I don't want to get a loan player in and develop a player for Chelsea, if that makes sense, um, despite the fact that's a bit contrary to what I said last week, that we do need numbers in there. So, yeah, hopefully he remains part of the squad, mate. And... Um, He's uh, he's there at, at Wembley when we're lifting the Carabao Cup. Yeah, no, definitely. Yeah, let's hope so. Let's hope so. Uh, there's going to be a big. If we hopefully we get through against Stoke, there's going to be. A, I think there's going to be a few month wait before we find out who our next opponent is because they're going to have a bit of a gap until the next round. So it'd be interesting to see what happens there. Uh, just going on the comments, then we've got quite a few comments to go through. So I'll, I'll try and get through them quite quickly. Firstly, Mark, aka the Little Villain, uh, big fan of yours, mate. Big fan of your YouTube channel. Love the away day videos. He says, great win and with style. thing that strikes me the most is that everybody's improving. Take nothing away from Dean and John Terry, but I think Craig Shakespeare may already be having an impact on the training pitch, question mark. Something we've talked about already. But yeah, and great to see all the players improving. And I think one thing we've said before about Dean Smith is he does improve players. And we're seeing that already, aren't we? Yeah, and it just shows that it's a long-term vision, the Smith plan. There's a lot of clamour last year when we lost six or seven games on the trot, get rid of him, get Allardyce in, get someone that's going to steady the ship. No, let's let's stick with our manager. He's a good coach. He develops players. He knows the club inside out and he's earned this job. Um, he's worked his way up the league. He's done a brilliant job in keeping us up last season like we've talked about. And for me, he's the man He's the man for the next three or four years. We just back him, back his philosophy, back his ideas and back his uh, ability to improve players. Yeah, and I think the players obviously love him, don't they, aren't Jigsy? Yeah, I agree on that. I think it just we need a bit of patience as fans, and I'm probably the one that gets a bit emotional after bad results or bad performances. But I think Conte is a great example. I mean, he played in a back three last season, and he just seemed lost, where he wasn't really sticking his hand up and taking ownership of situations. And obviously, since the lockdown, when he came in as a right back, he did perform pretty well as a right back, and I know that wasn't really a natural position, but that gave him a bit of confidence. And then when he was asked to go into centre-back, he's just been a different player. I mean, he's been outstanding, I think, in the last sort of eight games. Um, just just been a massive sort of presence in, in, in the back, bringing the ball back, at, uh, at, sorry, bringing the ball uh, from defence, doing that sort of Twanzebe role that, that we work so well in the Championship. And yeah, Conte is a perfect example where, with a bit of patience, these players have got quality and Smith's obviously invested in them so he knows he knows what they're about so just a bit of patience I think that's what we're going to need for new signings as well where Troy is not going to hit the ground running he's that type of player where as a winger he'll be dynamic in one game and another game he might not be at his best so it's just patience I'd say and just on that on the patience at some point in this season we are going to lose three four maybe five games on the trot 
But if you believe in Smith and the players now, just keep believing them when we've lost five games on the trot because it's a long season and things happen in sport. So just, just back the lads. That's all I can ask. That's all I would say. If you believe in them now when things are going well, you've got to stick with them through, throughout. Yeah, no, Chaz, it's a good point. And obviously, you know all about professional support and the mentality it takes to... Uh to progress and to be successful in sport as well. So, you know, I think you're coming from a good place there and you're obviously coming back, coming from some knowledge of what it takes to, to do well and what you need as players to behind you to, to do well as well. Um, a few more comments then. Uh, Cleary, uh, seeing Jack busting a gut to get back in and defend even at 3-0 gives me a great feeling about the mentality of these lads. So much to be positive about. Carl, difficult to see how it could have gone much better. Watkins scoring and Martinez showing that he's not infallible aside. Really good all-round performance. Bov, three goals, clean sheet, very enjoyable moments of play. Really wanted Watkins to get a goal, but his work rate and contribution was excellent. We'll have tougher tests for sure, but the confidence we've gained so far is huge. Just quickly on Watkins, I thought, you know, again, going back to the point Chazzy made earlier about Jack Grealish not being happy with his performance, even though he contributed a goal. You know, I think Watkins is the same type of player. You know, he just, you could see on his face, you know, he, he did so well. He worked so hard. He got in so many areas. I think he made like 14, 15 sprints more than anyone in the game, which shows you, you know, the, the level of effort he was putting in. And he did, he did some really good things as well. But even then, he's not happy with his performance. He knows he could have done better. He had a chance first half. He could have scored potentially. Uh, and I think he'll just get better and better. And that drive to win, drive to improve is, is, is so needed in our team. And it's great to see. Dino mentioned in his presser where Watkins, when he came off the bench against Bristol, he scored one but could have had a hat-trick. And he said that he was just gutted after the game, saying that he didn't really take the chances and he's there to score a goal. So he knows he's got a job to do. Um, so he's not going to be happy until he scores the goal. So it just shows the mentality of what Watkins has, which is what we need at the club. So, yeah, really pleased, pleasing because obviously the, the, the performance is there and the goals will come. Yeah, no, very, very good point. Another uh, Leamington alumni, George Appleton, good mate of ours, says Watkins, Grealish, link up good so far. If Watkins can drag defenders to the left where Grealish is, that takes so many opposition players out as most teams double up on Jack anyway. Plenty of space for midfielders to bomb on as goal number two shown. We score a few goals that way, I think. I think that's a, that's a really good point and something we haven't picked up on. But I think, you know, so Watkins occupying so many defenders and, and, and you know, picking up spaces in, in different areas really gives spaces to the midfielders as we, as we saw today. Uh, Tom Waterman... McGinn looked back to his best. Grealish was amazing. Although of the four teams we've played so far, I think Fulham probably worse. I think that's a, that's a fair point. We'll have tougher tests for sure. Liverpool being the, the first of those. So be, like Chadzi said, it'd be interesting to see how, how we do. But the confidence is there, isn't it, lads, uh, for the next game. So hopefully we, uh, we take that into the next game. James says, need more physicality in midfield. Mix up the short and long game and attacks. People need to stop moaning. Ari Louise, most teams have two, three players covering ground. He's asked to. Good showing, but I think he has better teams at three mid. Gets overrun for fun. Yeah, I mean, something we've picked up on before. Um, you know, against Fulham, I think Harahan, it was a perfect game for him um, and he played well. Uh, against Liverpool, I mean, would Chadzi, would you would you continue with the same? I know it's hard to change a winning team, but something I mentioned last year was, you know, we need to be more flexible with our with our lineups. We can't just be, if you win a game, it's the same 11. Yeah. Other teams do it. Other, other successful teams, Liverpool, Man City, they do it where they will play players for that particular game. So even though, you know, for example, Mo Salah might, might do well one game. If there's a game that he's not suited to, they, they might change it. They might look at something different. Man City are the same. They look to change the midfield. They look to change the forward line. Do you, would you change Haran potentially if the next game is in Liverpool? If we can have less of the ball, would you keep him given his good performance? I don't agree with the, the saying that never change a winning team. You can always improve a team. If you can improve it, then you change it. As simple as that. And like you say, 
Um, I think it depends on the opposition, how we expect them to set up and what we want to do tactically. And hopefully now we're starting to have a few more options. Difficult one um, ahead of the Liverpool game. I remember the home game last year and I thought Nakambo had a brilliant game against them last year. Um, McGinn's back to his best in the middle there. So you've got legs with, with McGinn. Um, maybe he might bring Jack, Jack Central. I don't know, mate, if I'm honest, but I think Horahan, if he is dropped again, he'll 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 feel like he's been uh, pretty harshly treated there after a goal and an assist tonight, but we'll see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah no, I agree. It's, it's a difficult one, isn't it? But that's why Smith gets paid the big bucks to make those decisions. Uh, last last comment uh, before we, we head off and say goodnight. Uh, Nick Litch uh, says, my main takeaway from tonight was, even though he didn't get on the score sheet, Watkins ran his socks off all night, was a threat on the break, got in good positions, gave us an out, got in several goal-scoring positions. We didn't have that all last season. Even in the 90th minute, he made a great run to overlap Jack, but he couldn't take the ball in. And again, you know, we've mentioned him already, but you know, there's still room for improvement for, for Watkins, but he definitely wants it. And we can't wait for that first goal to come for him, for the league goal anyway to come for him. And uh, I think he'll just push on from there and do really, really well. But overall, great performance. Um, great win. Two wins on the trot. Let's uh, keep going, boys. Big big couple of games coming up against Stoke and Liverpool. Uh, and then we're off for an international break. Uh, plenty more to come on the podcast. We'll have plenty more guests. Uh, plenty more guests like Phil. <laughs> last last podcast, you hope you enjoyed. We've not mentioned uh, Scott Parker's attire. Oh, no, we haven't, have we? Oh, no, Phil would hate me for that. Well, let's, let's talk about it quickly. He didn't go for the suit today. He went for the uh, cardigan, but he did have the tie clip on. Yeah, it was like a cardigan blazer sort of thing, wasn't it? Double-breasted, navy, navy number. Yeah, he's, he's desperate, isn't it, to look good. Uh, what's that continental look? But he's not pulling it off for, for my for my take. I'm, I'm just, um, I can't wait to turn on Sky Sports News and hear his boring three-minute monologue later on uh, to see what he's got to say for himself. <laughs> yeah, back by the uh, the street soundtrack, I think, potentially. But uh but uh, I saw Jamie Carragher went for a, a three-piece suit. It wasn't three-piece, but he went for a cardigan under a, under a suit. What do you think of that, Jigsy? Your fashion connoisseur. Fan of that? Yeah, big fan. Big fan. I like that. Like a jumper uh, under a suit, especially with the uh, autumn months now in, in, in season. So, yeah, big fan of that. Maybe when we do our first uh, YouTube video, uh, we, can, uh, we, can, we can dress up a bit and uh, show ourselves off in style. Yeah, yeah, look forward to that, mate. I think I'm on holiday that week, lads. <laughs> nice one. All right, thanks, boys. Anyway, thanks for your time. It was only meant to be a 25, 30-minute review, but we've gone a bit longer because we had quite a few comments, but really, really enjoyed them. Thank you for sending those in. Uh, we'll be back later on in the week with a match review of the Stoke game and a preview of the Liverpool game and plenty more to come, plenty more late-night rambles with uh, some special guests. Uh, and this is, like I said, very much a platform for you fans. The Late Night Ramble is very much for you fans. You set the agenda. You tell us what you want to talk about. And we let you, we give you the platform to do that. Uh, Chadzi and Jugsy will be back uh, probably for the review, hopefully. Uh, and be back most weeks. Uh, be, be regulars on this show. Thanks for your input, boys. Uh, great win. Cheers, Ames. Go on, you Villa boys. And uh, we'll see you next time. Up the Villa. Up the Villa, lads.